1: Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of leading conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now, here's your host, Cheryl Esposito.
2: Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today, our very special guest is Patricia Albert. She is a transformation educator, a contemporary spiritual teacher. She is founder and director of The Evolutionary Collective, co-author of Mutual Awakening, and she's currently writing a book called Weevolution, which I'm very excited to learn about. Patricia, welcome to Leading Conversations.
3: Thank you, Cheryl. I'm really glad to be here.
2: It's great to have you here. Mm-hmm. Now, where are you today? <laughs> New York City. New York. That's where you live, right?
3: Yeah. I live two blocks from the U.N., right, oh, right in the middle oh. of it.
2: <laughs> All right. You are. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, New York is always a vibrant and alive, and that seems an appropriate place for your energy to be um, moving into the world. And how long have you lived in New York?
3: Well, I've always, I'm from, you know, I'm from New York originally, but i I lived in the West. I just sold my house in Santa Fe, uh, at the end of January. So, oh. Oh. yeah, so I've always had an apartment here, so I've always worked here and I come, you know, I've, I've never not had a place, you know, where I was here at least four to six yeah. times a year, but I've been living here full time since, um, I guess last fall. And I I will be, as you know, coming to Northern California and and intend to, I seem to not be able to live in one place, so, (laughs) I don't know, it's like, you know, I'm not monogamous when it comes to place, you know, I seem to (laughs) need more than one place, so I'll be going back and forth from Northern California to here.
2: I love it. I love it. So, let's start out by talking a bit about this organization you have founded, and this Process you have founded mm-hmm. called Evolutionary Collective.
3: What is it? Uh, it's a well, the Evolutionary Collective that the actual work of the Evolutionary Collective is is most deeply occurring um, with a group of people, an ongoing group of people, and I'll be establishing a, another group in California. That's partly where I'm going to live there, and. What it is, is there are, you know, we have more than 50 people in the, in the particular group in New York. And it's people who want to discover and want to be a part of discovering what can happen when instead of just us focusing on our own awakening, our own process, we start to focus on the field of what's happening between us and we start to develop a much more powerful and attuned capacity for the, the connectivity between people. So it's different than, you know, people wanting to learn how to have better interpersonal relationships. You know, that's, there's nothing new about that. I mean, that's something that, that goes on forever. And we will always need to learn how to, you know, negotiate how we relate to each other in better and better ways. But there's a kind of consciousness and awakening that can happen between people. If you work if you work in a certain way and can really activate the the intensity of love and creativity and you know uh, higher mind between, so the evolutionary collective is sort of on the on the most basic level this sort of intense uh, experiment in a higher level of consciousness between people
2: and so would you? Say for people who are not familiar with the concept of of the field, although most people listening mm-hmm. to this would be, but there are some who are not pretty or aren't real clear because you know it it is an intangible concept, um, right? But the field is it's almost like an energetic, right? It's kind mm-hmm. of an unseen connection between all humans, human and all. The rest of the world. natural world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. To yeah, yeah. And, and
3: as you know, I think um, in our modern day, you know, we even though we're very materialistic about the way we our consciousnesses, usually we see the things that look like they have form. Mm. You know, we see the chair, we see this, we see that. You know, there's so much we've learned that occurs in the invisible.
4: Yeah. you know,
3: all the internet. I mean, you know, just just in in a practical. Scientific level, there's just so much that's going on that has huge amounts of impact on the physical world and on us. And it's the same with our consciousness that, you know, they, there are people that have done a lot of work, you know, Bruce Lipton and, and various other people speaking about epigenetics and our biology and how, you know, our DNA is one thing, but basically our environment, the kind of people that you're around, how you think. Um, The thoughts that you have, et cetera, et cetera, are really what's shaping yourselves and your health and, you know, what happens in your life. What I'm pointing to is a certain further place to pay attention, which is not just on your own consciousness, but on what's happening between you and others, what's happening in the larger field of society that you're a part of, Mm. You know there there are other things that are affecting us hugely. I mean, more powerfully than the things that you're paying attention to. And so the the you know the fascination of this and the power of it is to to start to pay attention to to that. You know what happens between us. And in a way, um, you know the quantum physicists, and, you know, they're, they're pointing to the same kind of thing. We're just doing it from a consciousness perspective that can be lived, that can be experienced, and that can actually change the way um, your life shows up.
2: And so would you say that um, some people are better at being able to access this space than others?
3: Um, I would say that some people... The de- one of the determining factors initially, and, the, and everything can be learned, so it isn't that human beings can't learn this, but the people who have done a you know, fair amount of work, it could be in the last few years, it could be in the last 40 years, uh, of becoming attuned to their own subjective experience. You know, What are they experiencing? What are they feeling? Um, are they sensitive to their bodies? Are they sensitive to you know, sort of exactly, you know, their emotional kind of tracking what's really going on with them. Yeah. And some people, you know, I I do some private work, and from time to time I'll, you know, I'll begin to work with someone where, you know, you ask them, like, what are you actually experiencing? They really don't know. Yes. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like a blank. You know, they look inside and they go, I have no idea. Right. And so, yeah, so you have to learn – You have to want to learn that first. You have to want to know yourself and to have a sense of yourself in a a kind of visceral way. And from there, you can begin to be more attuned to to what's happening in the field around you and with other people.
2: So, what are some of the practices that can build this capacity in people?
3: Um, well, Well, that first one, you know, to become more attuned to oneself, I think there are a lot of different things that, you know, mindfulness and um, you know just a lot of the work that's out there. Yoga, I mean, various things help people to be a little more awake to themselves. Mm-hmm. With the the work that we do, it 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 intensifies that as well. Um, but then you also start to learn how to pay attention to um, the interior of the other person as well as what's happening between you. So. One of the exercises which we did, um, which I call the mutual awakening practice, which is sort of a base practice, is the simplest thing in the world. But like meditation, you know, it looks really simple. You close your eyes and you don't do anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as we know, that's as simple as it gets. But, right. <laughs> you know, to, to, really, to really become a meditator uh, okay. is to, to really learn how to, how to really do nothing you know, how to really let go and to not, you know, have all the ego agitation that most of us are experiencing most of the time, all the agita and talking and moving. So with this, when we do the practice, it's, um, it can be anywhere from five to ten minutes for each section of, of, the, of the particular practice. There's three parts to it. And the first part is just where someone is with you, and, you know, you have one partner, and they're listening so completely to you. So their practice is to listen to you so deeply that it's like they can get completely inside your mind, your feelings. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're developing their capacity for empathy. And just to pay attention for 10 minutes to someone else... Um, and not be evaluating them or thinking about them, but actually to try to place your consciousness as so completely with them that you can feel them. Right. And you can feel, you know, I mean, most of the people get pretty easily to the point where they can almost, they can feel the person's feelings almost before they say them. Because you're you're inside. So the other person's, uh, what they do is they just, you ask them the question, what are you experiencing right now? And then they're, they're to track, like, exactly what's on the edge of what's occurring, like what is emerging, you know, what's right there. And then they don't have to make a story about it. They don't have to make any sense even. They're just following um, the emergent edge of their own experience and, and allowing themselves to kind of even be curious about what's there and what's unfolding and they're not trying to get anywhere and they're not trying to answer a question and they're not trying to solve anything. They're just right there in their own experience. And so one person does that for 10 minutes then you switch and the other person has their turn. And by the time you get to the third part of the practice, you're so present and you're also so attuned to one another and you're awake to what's really happening. And then there's a flowing back and forth of what are we experiencing? And mostly, no one's ever paying attention to that. You know, so you speak from inside of the we. You say, well, we're experiencing this, um, you know, there's a quality of lightness. And there's this sort of delicate connection. And then the other person mm-hmm. says, what are we experiencing? And it's sort of idiotically simple, but... Um, the fact that your attention, you know, is given to one another and then to the space between you, it's extraordinary, you know, in anywhere from 15 minutes to, to a half an hour, what ends up happening and, and, and the kind of awareness, the sort of multidimensional awareness that starts to wake up in people.
2: You know, mm-hmm. it occurs to me is, is what you're really speaking about is presence. You know, being so Mm -hmm. completely present to the moment and then focusing that presence on that individual um, Mm -hmm. just sitting across from you. And as we get better and better at that, um, we don't have to think about it.
3: Yeah. Uh, Well, Well, it it wakes up something. I mean, it's... The thing that's slightly different about this than, like, say, mindfulness. You know, I mean, there were times where I did you know i'd go into a retreat where i would be tasting the strawberry and i mean i'd be so present i could feel everything but my presence was more it was in the moment but it was also more located where i am and what this does and there are lots of other things that we do that that keep breaking the the automatic locus of attention is always uh, on me. It's self-referential. Mm-hmm. It's kind of my bubble. And it's fascinating. I mean, people who think that they, you know, they look at you like, you want me to do what? You know, I mean, they, they <laughs> just can't even imagine that they could experience the other person's experience, but they do. It's really a matter of practicing moving your consciousness around. And what happens after, uh, you know, time is, like you were saying, the presence gets stronger, but there's a kind of hypersensitivity to other people, to animals, to, I mean, you just start feeling everything more, almost like from the inside of, of what it is.
2: Hmm. You know, I, when I experience this most, certainly um, mm-hmm. enough, is when I am working with a client.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: As an executive coach, my job is to you know, hold that person in complete compassion and um, in their greatness and to see what they don't see into them.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And so yeah. practicing that um, over the years has given me somewhat of an advantage over people who aren't in this field because I'm always practicing. I'm always right. Thing, right and, right. and um, what has what I've seen happen personally is that that has spilled over into my life so much that um, my way of seeing and my way of knowing is sometimes scary you know because yeah. I think oh my god how do I know that how, what you <laughs> and, and I can feel it so clearly and so even managing that in myself is important so you know, what do you what do you tell people who begin to get to that point and they start saying, "I don't know if I want to know," you know, <laughs> maybe right. I want to know what that feels like. Maybe I don't want to know what that person is experiencing. Maybe it's too much for me. What do you tell them? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's important
3: to it's important to be able to have that no matter what. Mm. Because I really, I really, I think that as your sensitivity expands, like one woman who, a uh, beautiful woman who's in the group, and she is a teacher of like kids in kindergarten or something, you know, for 30 years, and she's like this awesome teacher. And she got so, I mean, she said, I feel like I have no skin. You know, I'm so sensitive. Like I feel everything. And what what came along with it was, because of the way we work, and because that we're also attuning, you know, we're turning towards this sort of dynamic evolutionary impulse, that's part of the evolutionary part of the collective, mm-hmm. is, you know, this Eros, you know, this this quality of, of life force and existence that's so alive, that really is so much a part of this, that... It all, you, you just get more of everything. You see, you're more sensitive. You know more of everything that's going on. But you also have more life force. You have more joy. You have more... You know, we work with... Um, in one of the last weekends, we were working with radical positivity, which is just a force. I mean, it's literally this dynamic force of evolution. And it was wild. I mean, it was so explosive. And people were just... Literally, you could feel like parts of us that have gotten so used to a kind of negativity that's just normal human behavior, it was literally getting, you could feel it was getting shattered. Yeah. And so there's other things that come online. I mean, we as human beings are extraordinary, and we have potential up the wazoo that is mm-hmm. way beyond you know what mm-hmm. anybody thinks they have and it's like why not have the trouble of being too awake and too sensitive right. and too smart right. and too <laughs> and, to, and to care so much you know that to to care and feel from your heart like in a way that is almost unbearable like I'm for that i mean i'm for that problem
2: mm. you know i love what you just said about um... <laughs> care so much that it's almost unbearable so yeah. want to hold that thought hold that thought because yes, we'll talk about this when we come back right after this
1: consulting developing leaders worldwide engage with andy bush takes you inside the mind of a top global market and public policy analyst who has been featured regularly on cnbc yahoo finance and numerous radio and television programs our program will bring you guests and stories from the top of the political and business worlds each show includes andy's point of view roundup and what it means for you at home life's complicated let andy help you figure it out Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel.
0: Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, host of the Costa Report, every
3: Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. This week, my guest is outspoken former congressman and one of our country's most prominent gay public figures, Mr. Barney Frank. He'll be with us to talk about the Supreme Court's ruling on DOMA and how the Obama presidency is doing in its second term. Don't miss Barney Frank this Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on the Voice America Business Channel.
1: We appreciate you joining our Leading Conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl.
2: Well, welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito with my very special guest today, Patricia Albert. All right, Patricia, you left us in the last segment with being able to care so much that it's almost unbearable.
4: Ooh, mm-hmm. that, that
2: just, <laughs> just gave me goosebumps. So what what would that be like? I mean, that, that implies that we, we only care to a certain point.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Why? Why do we do that? Well,
3: I mean, it makes sense, you know, as far as if you're trying to live... And, and I, there's a one, I'll just go back. There's a woman that I started to work with who was really waking up. And somewhere in the middle of it, she was like, well, why do I even want to be awake? Mm. I mean, why? what's the point? You know, like, why do you want to be more awake since sometimes being more awake is more painful? It's more... Mm. Um, so, you know, there's, a, I'm sure, a huge amount number of people that either don't have the luxury of this conversation, which is, you know, is one thing. But then there's a lot of people where it just, they would just rather live in a, you know, in a more narrow frequency of possibility. So, you know, it's, you know, the highs aren't too high, the lows aren't too low, and it just kind mm-hmm. of goes along. Uh, this is, com- you know, completely not... For them, you know it's not going to help you mm. keep it keep it together right. uh, this is much more about just like it would be like if you wanted to be you know like like the way I drink wine is kind of like that like i don't really i haven't taken the time to really except for knowing what I like the taste of mm. i don't have i don't have a profound appreciation for wine mm. so. With this, this is like as a human being. Do you want to become a sommelier? Do you, I mean, do you want mm. to taste life, to and in particular to understand, to feel other human beings and the space of where possibility arises, and to feel the you know the multi-dimensional capacity that you have as a human. And do you want the trouble that that is? Mm. Because it's trouble, you know. It's it's, yeah. it's incredibly wonderful, and you know, I think you know is why we're here is to is to fulfill the real potentials that we have individually and also as humans.
2: Mm-hmm. But well, it definitely
3: it's... is trouble, yeah. you know.
2: So that. Leads me to the question about, you know, the possibility for our world, if more and more people begin waking up um, mm-hmm. from this sleepwalking that we're all doing, uh, what begins to shift in the world? Well, the the purpose of the work that I'm doing is called,
3: you know, is to create is to support a new paradigm of a higher order of human relating. Mm. Uh, what I see is that what's next, and you don't need everybody to do it. You need, as always, you know, in human existence, no. the people that are the innovators are the ones who, who are crazy enough to start things. And then eventually they create a morphogenic field. They create a pattern in existence. But then, you know, they kind of punch the hole through the universe and they make an opening for something to happen, just like, you know, the early Americans did for America. And, you know, I mean, there's just different. So for me, I feel that if if there are, you know, numbers of people who are willing to have, to go beyond just about having, like, a great life themselves, yeah, and they want to discover what's possible with, other human beings at the highest level. And it empowers their lives. I mean, everybody that I know that, that I'm working with, I mean, their lives are like, exponentially um, have been positively affected, but but it really does take a certain amount of selflessness and sort of curiosity and fascination in what can happen between yeah. us. And as we yeah. build that, that sensitivity and the it's also like a brain connectivity, like when, I, when we work with people uh, in the intensive, and we, we do other things too. But um, you've got a group of people that are practicing in this way, and they're working together, and we're meeting. So they're literally, it's like a brain that's hooking up. And it's like almost a larger being. It's like something starts to happen, just like I would imagine if you were a jazz you know, you Mm -hmm. have five people in a jazz room, you start to hook up. You know, there's a certain Mm -hmm. kind of way that you play.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I... I, I, It's like some of this is so simplistic, and yet when I I move toward trying to articulate it, it loses Mm -hmm. the simplistic sense in me, and I... I find myself you know having a hard time putting words around it.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: It's almost as if the beingness of it requires just that
3: just mm-hmm. the yeah.
2: beingness of it right well you You must
3: experience it sometimes when you're working with um executive you know like if you get a really great open
2: oh, yeah. group oh yeah where oh, yeah.
3: they're willing not to have so much of their separate you know achievement oh. agendas. Absolutely. hmm
2: Magic happens. We call it yeah. magic. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's real power in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And so usually, we, usually it happens, like sports teams sometimes have that and, yeah. you know, and music. But the, the thing that I'm committed to is without without a purpose, you know, without a particular thing that you're trying to do, to develop that capacity as a human capacity, so that you don't have to be playing jazz, you know, because usually jazz musicians, when they're just out in their regular relationships, you know, they can have really terrible ones and ones that right. are very insensitive.
4: Right, <laughs> right. It doesn't
3: mean that they've got that thing. So, yeah. I think, um, you know, the 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 opening that I want to I want to help facilitate is that as humans we have that as a way of being. <sighs> And then if you're dancing or you're in business or you're doing whatever, that kind of flow state and that ability to be more multidimensionally aware of other people and and that caring, you know, the other thing is to, to let the heart become so awake and alive and vibrant that you can't not care.
2: You know, I um, it, it makes me think that if we all moved toward this state, Mm
4: -hmm. then a
2: lot of the activities that we engage in on a regular basis, whether it's in work or play or quiet time or with family or whatever, would really change. A lot of this work, a lot of these activities would go away.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Is that true? Yeah, it is.
3: I mean, it gets... Part of the way we you know, the way we're developing it is because it's not oriented around a goal, mm-hmm. then it does move your consciousness to a place which is less goal-oriented. It's more available to, like, what's really happening and what really, you know, like a larger matrix of, like a bigger design. Mm-hmm. So instead of you just playing your flute by yourself you're listening for the orchestra, like you're listening for some larger piece of music that existence is actually providing that most of the time we're not listening to. So when you get that, especially with a, a number of people, it doesn't matter what you're doing. I mean, you could just be doing the stupidest thing in the world, but you're, the da- the connectivity and the dance and the, and what's happening between you is so beautiful, and it's like that's what's really happening. It's not the, the thing. You know, It could be cooking, or it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm.
2: So when this began to emerge in you, mm-hmm. how did this shift your life?
3: Well, I had some of the problems in the beginning of, um, like, such a longing for other people to be awake in it with me. Mm. So I could feel other people and I could, um, you know, I had a certain capacity. You know, I was lucky I developed this initially with a a man that I loved, you know, with my whole heart and soul and who ended up dying. So I had four years of a 24-7, you know, person who was in this with me all the time and wanted to be. And so when that ended and I was, you know, obviously my consciousness had shifted sort of permanently. I, you know, the, the feeling of wanting to play, like wanting to have people you could dance with, um, was hard. And, you know, slowly, uh, you know, I started to, you know, find ways to sort of draw people more into that state of consciousness and, because um, it's mutual. It's not just an individual like flowing in the world, you know, noticing the color of the clouds and stuff. I mean, I can do that, and I and I love that, and it's that's a very beautiful kind of presence. But this was this is shared, mm. and it's really different. I mean, its it, its potentials are hugely different. Mm-hmm. So, and you can't do it by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bad part. You can't oh, just do it by yourself. You need somebody else who's
2: awake, who goes, "Hey, me too. I'm here." Interesting. Hmm.
3: That's,
2: that's well, the bad. Well, and sometimes part of it that must be hard to find, right?
3: Yeah, definitely. That's why I'm doing this. I'm trying to create a world I can live in. Hmm. Well, and you know,
2: it, it also occurs to me that it may be hard to find, not because there aren't some people who are not awake, but who because You may not know who they are because most don't Mm -hmm. talk about this very openly, right? Right.
3: Well, it's also, there's a potential. I mean, it's just like you could be, even if you just think about, you know, the most sort of physical level of life. So there's a man and there's a woman and they're separate. So if they're separate and they don't have any intention to come together, then they stay separate, right? If they have an intention to come together and they make love together, they actually create another human being. There's a potential there that's <clears throat> huge called giving, giving birth to life. <clears throat> and this has that same kind of potential. It's like when you turn towards each other and you're truly interested and you truly engage in a way that is awake, and the book is about actually the, the different principles of act, activating this potential in the fullest possible way, then you literally, it's like giving birth. It's like you create life forms. You create potentials and possibilities that are way beyond what either one of you could on your own. And that's—and then when you have more people who come together, it's, it's just, it just, it's huge. And I feel that, you know, we're doing it and and I also teach, you know, there are virtual classes and there's, you know, there's a lot of other sort of disseminating this information and taking people into this kind of reality of, of this kind of collective awakening and relational evolutionary relationships. But I believe that, that what we're discovering and the way in which we're approaching things and the kind of consciousness is getting developed is, is the next level. It's like the next, you know, I was you and I were around when this this whole individual journey, you know, 40 years ago where people started to wake up to their own development and their own purpose in life and their own spiritual awakening and various things. This is like this is this is a dual awakening. And it's a mutual awakening and cool. it's got, you know,
2: it's 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 a rich you know, there's lots of things to learn there as well. So you talk about essential identity. Yeah. And are you talking about the identity of the individual, or are you talking about the identity of the human species, or what? Okay.
3: Um, within this unity consciousness of, you know, like the experience of this larger connectivity... Yeah. What it what it relies on is not separate individuals. So our separate individuality usually has a fair amount of our ego yes. in it, and egos are like solid objects. They don't, you know, they kind of bump into each other. They don't necessarily merge, or they don't they don't they don't have like a deep connection. What you essentially uniqueness is is. Um, it's the core, it's the origination point of you. So you could call it your soul, but it's really like at the point where you come into existence as you. And each person is very, very distinct. It's like a very distinct light. It's a very distinct Mm -hmm. sense of being. And when that Becomes more loud and clear, and you start to listen to it, and you start to sense it, and it starts to develop and become more um, expressed. That's what I would call that the, you know, the unique, your essential uniqueness.
2: Is and that something that we can identify? Is that something that. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, you'll feel like when you feel it, you go, oh, that's me. Like, that's really me. That's, it, there's a preciousness and there's a sense of like you're home, like you're like that's who you've always been, and and now you're there. Um, and often, I, you know, in my own experience, my journey, I when I the closer I got to myself, it was really a bit different than who I thought I was. Sometimes it was a little shocking. I was like, really, wow, huh? You know, that's me. I mean, just because you have like an idea of who you are from childhood, that may not be a full reflection of your essence.
2: Well, how was it different?
3: Well, for me, like as a, as a as a woman, as a female, you know, I I was always kind of shy, and I never felt particularly connected to myself as a woman. I just didn't. You know, I I just I don't know. It seemed very sort of bland. And when I started to really get connected to myself, I felt so insanely female and I felt alive and wild and like I felt like I had power there. Mm. And that was so foreign. It was just like, how, how is that possible? I mean, that is so not me. <laughs> That's not who I've ever been. You know, I mean, it was just completely, and it was such a a, fee, a feminine quality of being. Like, I felt like I was some original version of her. Hmm. And, um, you know, that was one dimension, but it was shocking. I mean, it was really so not what I was expecting.
2: And what, what manifested for you to feel that?
3: Um, well, it happened I mean obviously it began with with Peter with the, the person that I had the four years with before he died, and he was so meditative and so present, and he just wouldn 't allow me to kind of be be safe but fake
4: mm-hmm.
3: You know how sort of you're insecure. You you do this whole shuffling thing, and yeah, you know there's a certain thing you do when you feel insecure. And he just wouldn't have it. And I'd be like, no, no, that's all. This is all I got. You know, this is this is yeah. me. And he would just stay there. And then all of a sudden, I could feel almost like it was someone behind something. She <laughs> would just kind of come through and peek out, and it would be so beautiful. And I then I'd have to like <laughs> shut down again. It was kind of crazy, but he was relentless. I mean, he was just relentlessly inviting who I was to the surface, which is also part of this.
2: Did, did it scare you?
3: Um, it didn't scare me. I was just so uncomfortable and embarrassed. Oh. And I think that one of, well, one of the activating principles, you know, one of the things that we you know, we do in the work that that we're doing in the Eldership Collective is you realize, too, you need to invite each other because who you really are is so hidden usually and, and wasn't ever invited. I mean, the truth is, part of you is like, why should I show up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I tried showing up when I was little, and nobody was paying attention. So part of you is just like, forget it. You know, like, mm-hmm. just go away, leave me alone. And when you start to really do this work with each other and you start to really invite the depth and the power and the beauty and the all of who you are it's it's really a relief because if without it being invited, I don't know that you can just get it to
2: show up. yeah, that's a really good point. It's almost like being given permission,
3: huh? Yeah, permission and invitation I mean that somebody <laughs> actually wants mm, you. Yeah. So- like, they
2: really want you
3: instead of just however you're showing up is fine.
2: Well, then that's interesting because then that also speaks to what you said earlier about you can't do this alone. Right. <laughs> no, <laughs> so no you can't. Be something to bump up against,
3: yeah. Yeah, and we
2: need to be invited. Yeah. Well, we, we have more to talk about with Patricia Albert when we come right back.
0: If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Shube? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel.
1: Leadership is not static; it evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.a-l-e-x-s-a-c-o-n-s-u-l-t-i-n-g.com. Alexa. Consulting, developing leaders worldwide.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl.
2: Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito with my special guest Patricia Albert, the co-author of the upcoming book Mutual Awakening, and the founder and directory directory we'll, we'll change that, Michael—and the founder and director of the Evolutionary Collective. Okay, Patricia. So you've kind of stretched our brains pretty far <laughs> out there in the last two segments. Um, I'm sure there are people listening to this who are on one hand saying, well, okay, okay, so that's what happens when you meditate, so it's no big deal. And on the other hand, they're saying, no, it's it's more than that. There's more going on, but I don't know if I can wrap my arms around this. Mm-hmm. So when people are beginning to put a toe in the water with learning about this, um, what is the what is it that intrigues them the most? What is it that kind of gets them hooked Mm. in in looking into it?
3: Um, I think two things. One is I think deep down everyone knows that our potential in our relationships is so not fulfilled. You know, I think everyone's had profound experiences of closeness and real connection and really being met, and they're not common. You know, it's not something you have every day. So I think, I think that's intriguing, you know, that there's actually a way to reliably open up in a way that you can have incredibly fulfilling, touching, creative, you know, like a way of being connected that's really unquestionably amazing. So I think that's, you know, there's, that's a certain kind of like, really? That's interesting. Um, and the other thing is I do feel that, that um, and I would imagine this is, you know, a lot of your audiences, there are a lot of people where, you know, they have been working on themselves and they've focused and they've done and, you know, and it's working, you know, it's, it's more or less working, you know, we're all human. Uh, but there's a kind of loneliness, like there's something that says, you know, there's, what's next, you know, like what's next. And also when you really are successful at your own sort of self-authoring life, you know, you sort of authored your own life, you can feel the limitations of it. You know, there's only so much, you know, you can create on your own and you can do this and you can do that and you can envision this. And But there's something about when we come together, if we start to come together differently, what could, we, what could we then create? What could we live? How could it be? And I think that's very compelling for some people.
2: You know, it makes me wonder, what is it, if this is our true self, if we come in mm-hmm. to this life, to this being, to this world, we, we bring in our essence, right? We, we don't come without it. We, it's there. Right. You bring it in. So what is it that throughout evolution has made it less visible to us, not as easily accessible, I mean, not even not as easily mm-hmm. accessible, just just invisible. Like we don't even know it's there, like right? buried. Yeah. Um, and and why? What what purpose does that serve? You know, in thinking about the evolutionary process, it mm-hmm. seems to me that everything happens, or every state of of the species happens for a reason. Why? Why did we forget? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs>
3: um, I mean, obviously, it it peaks out and it, you know, it, it exists to varying degrees, uh, depending on your childhood, how buried it gets, how conditioned you are away from it. Uh, so, and there is, I think at this point, um, there's a... There's a level. Dr. Robert Keegan uh, is a Harvard professor and a man who created. You know, he studied adult development. You know that there are different stages of adult development, and he's basically pointing to what what I'm speaking about, which he would call the self-transforming mind level of consciousness, which is the highest level of adult development that we seem to be capable of at the moment, and it moves from the self-authoring, which is this highly individuated self, you know, who's, you know, on a purpose and, you know, is creating their life and learning and making things happen to this looser, you know, this sort of more flowing, more fluid, more unitive state. And I think it's just that's that's the evolution is that we've learned to go from different stages. You know, we don't have time to go through the lower ones, but but now we need to move beyond some of this highly individuatedness. Because some of it got crystallized around your ego. You know, some of it is your essence and some of it is, you know, some successful adaptation of, of how you got started off. And, you know, I'm sure people that are listening, there are people that are very successful and have, you know, lives that they know aren't exactly them. Like, even though they've done a good job of it, they know that this isn't exactly home. Yeah. Yeah. And when it doesn't feel like it's just exactly like this is my opus, this is my expression, this, is, this really is me, then you know that you've built your life on top of a certain kind of trajectory that your ego has, you know, is helping to shape. And it's just, you know, it's Maslow's hierarchy. I mean, we're talking about, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the Transcenders, which is at the top of the the thing. It's even beyond actualization. It's probably a longer conversation, but
2: yeah. <laughs> so I i had this, you know, vision in my head. I'm like, okay. So, oh, jeez, You know, oh, like, okay. So this is another <laughs> whole hour and a half to even describe this. <laughs> so, um, wow. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, and, and this, this, actually it speaks to the depth of the work you're doing, which is mm-hmm. fascinating to me and fascinating to so many people. And that's why you are um, being asked to begin a group here on the West Coast. Yeah. Um, you know, people want what you're doing, and people are hunger hungry for mm-hmm. more and really want to touch that essence, that essential identity or essential uniqueness that... Mm-hmm. Vin is so much more easily seen by another. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah. And then shared
3: together. And then share together in a way that can really make a difference in the world. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So what is your biggest challenge in all of this for you? Um the biggest challenge
3: is wanting so much to just to to share this with everyone who's ready for it. And just as a entrepreneur who's, you know, who works 16 hours a day, you know, I just, it's never, there's never enough resources, never enough people understanding. I mean, I'm just, I don't think I'll ever be completely like, I'm so excited about this and I'm always, you know, like, feeling the, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, you know, there's more, there's more possible. And, you know, it's not a problem because I know that that's that's the nature of creativity. But, um, yeah, the biggest challenge is, is, you know, how quickly, how to reach people and how to have the resources to really have people get what the opportunity is. Because you want all the best people to come together. You want, like, everybody who is possibly ready for this to come together and find each other and then have this, this larger opening happen. And a lot of times people are still so busy with their own agendas, like, they don't realize that if they go beyond it, it will still be included.
2: But does that make sense? There, it has been an absolutely a privilege to have you here today. I can't believe we're already yeah. at the end of the show. I know, I know. <laughs> I know, and so people will want to know more. How can they find out?
3: They can go to evolutionary, com, and there's all kinds of information, blogs, things to listen to there, and they can download the book. You know, So there's a free ebook. It's 77 pages, and it's color, and it's pretty, and it really describes mutual awakening, and they can just download that. That would be the first thing to do, and then they'll... Find out more from there.
2: That's fantastic. You, you are a you. brave soul in, on our planet, you know, who, and a real pioneer. And um, it will be interesting to see what evolves and emerges. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being here, Patricia. It's been great to have you here today. Remember, everyone, think big. The world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito.